Welcome to today's Morning Glory morning session of teaching. Praise God. We're going to be in Psalm 23. We want to talk about receiving and taking what is on the table that rightfully belongs to us through the Lord's redemptive plan. Praise God. Psalm 23, verse 1. Let's open up in prayer before we jump into the scriptures. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we go into your word now, that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures, that the eyes of our understanding would be able to grab your word, take it, and run with it, and enjoy it today. We thank you, Father God, for helping us. In Jesus' name we pray. We all agree and say, Amen. Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Within the redemptive plan of Christ, the full salvation package plan, everything that you need is in that package, including provision in the area of finances. The Lord does never, He does not want you to be in want. He does not want you to lack or go through life with an insufficiency of any kind. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Verse 5, you prepare a table, and that's what we're talking about today, the table and what's on it. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This walking through the valley of the shadow of death, that is, is within the earth realm where there is death, there is sin, there is decay, there is sorrow. So we are going through this place, and even though there are spiritual enemies, the demonic forces that would be working against the children of God, nevertheless, nevertheless, there is a table of refreshing and blessing that we can sit down and enjoy and partake from while all of this other stuff is going on, while there's disturbances, while there is fear, while these things in the earth would take place. We have a refuge. We have a place of safety and peace. And anything that you need is on that table. You don't need to turn to the things of the world where you get drugged up to find some peace, where you get intoxicated uh, on, you know, some type of drink or something like that, or you smoke something and now you're out of it. You may have a sense of peace, but eventually, you know, that's going to wear off and that's going to cause negative effects upon your brain, your body, your mind. There is, there is a solution and there is provision for what you need on the table. Woo! And whatever it is, trust me, it's there on the table because Christ provided it for you when He purchased your salvation at Calvary. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Anything that we need is on that table. Now, I have discovered over the years in ministry that one of the reasons why some of God's people don't receive what is rightfully theirs, and there it is sitting on the table, is because of wrong teaching or wrong ways of thinking that are not scriptural. Here's one of the reasons, uh, I would say the number one reason why people don't receive who are God's people. It's because of this way of thinking. Well, Pastor Stephen, if God wants me to have it, then He'll just do it and it will happen in my life. Well, you know, you could really go to the extreme with that if you hold to that type of uh, doctrinal thinking. You could say, well, you know what? If God wants me to brush my teeth, then He's going to just have to do it for me, and He'll come along sometime and He'll brush my teeth for me. Well, between now and then, you know, your, your breath might get a little bit out of control, and your teeth may turn a, a shade of a color that you may not feel too good about when you smile in the mirror. But you know what? There's toothpaste out there, there's mouthwash, there's toothbrushes, the manual ones that you could use your hand with, and the modern electric ones that'll uh, get your teeth nice and white. You have, to, you have to take what belongs to you. You have to reach out and extend your hand and say, I receive that, I take it in Jesus' name. Whether it's a toothbrush, 
and a tube of toothpaste or a blessing that you need from the Lord. You have to take it by faith. Some things you can take right now. Other things you receive it in the sense that while it may not yet be manifested in your life, you're going to use your faith to pull it in. You walk by faith and not by sight. And I want to give an example today from the book of Acts chapter 2 about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, because that is one example of something that belongs to all of God's people. Now you have to be saved first in order to receive the Holy Spirit. Christ has to come within your heart first. But once that is done and you're born again, then it is God's will for all to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I'll show you again this strange way of thinking that eliminates many of God's own people from receiving what is rightfully theirs. And there it is sitting on the table. Let's remove this blockage, this unscriptural way of thinking today. Acts chapter 2 verse 1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Woo! Praise the Lord. Now, I have had many Christians tell me, Pastor Stephen, I'd like to have the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and I'm open to that, and whenever God wants to do it, I'll just let Him do it. And you know what? It doesn't work like that. You have to receive every promise of God through faith. Every blessing that is on that table is received by faith. Well, Pastor Stephen, how do we know that? Because the most important thing that you ever received in your life, which is salvation, was received through faith. You are saved by grace through faith. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Now, what if a person said, Pastor Stephen, I'm open to salvation. Let's say we're talking to a sinner, somebody that's separated from God because of their sins, and they don't know Christ as their Savior, but yet perhaps they've heard the message that Jesus saves, and they say, you know what? That's good. I'm open to that. Whenever God wants to save me, He can save me anytime He wants to. And that's all they did. They just sat on that way of thinking and said, well, if God wants to save me, He, could, he can do that. Uh, here I am, I'm, I'm open to that. And then they go on about their lives thinking that, you know, God's going to do it. No, it doesn't work like that. You have to receive Christ through faith. You had to say, Jesus, you've made salvation available to me through your shed blood. And in your name, I, re- I, I receive what you've done for me. Jesus, come into my heart, save me of my sins. In other words, you take it by faith. And if you're hungry and there's food on the table and you have been given permission to eat anything on the table and you've, you've been given full license to eat, well, you just go in there and you eat whatever you want to. You take it. Well, I'm waiting for somebody to lift it up and shove it in my mouth. No, there's no faith in that. You have, well, I, I'll just close my eyes and I'll just let somebody pick something out on the table and, uh, and just let them shove it in here. No, you select what you want and you take it. Woo! Glory to God. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. I had a a couple call me on the phone the other night, and they've been ministry partners for some time, and they're very sweet people, and they've listened to my teaching, and when they called uh, last night, it was actually last night, they wanted prayer. They wanted prayer for a certain thing. But I knew in my heart that what they really needed was the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I said, I said, do you talk in tongues? I put them on speakerphone. I said, husband and wife, I said, do you talk in tongues? Are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? They said, no. I said, okay. I said, well, God wants you to have that. And they said, well, we we believe that. And it's something that we have desired for quite some time. 
And I said, well, how come you haven't taken it? How come you haven't received it? In other words, there it is sitting on the table. What's the hindrance? Well, you know, uh, we've just told God that basically whenever he wants to fill us, you know, that's fine with us. And uh, so, you know, we've just been waiting. You know what? Uh, If you have that type of mindset, which is an unbiblical mindset, it's going to elude you for your entire life. Now, thank God you got saved and used your faith to get saved so that you can go to heaven. But preferably, you want to go to heaven having accomplished all that God called you to do, and you're not going to step into the fullness of that without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't care who tells you something different. You cannot achieve the fullness of God's plan for your life without the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Can you be saved and go to heaven without speaking in tongues and being filled with the Spirit? Of course you can. But it's, it's the Holy Spirit and being immersed in Him that allows you to understand God's full plan for your life on a much more beautiful scale. Praise God. Mm-mm. Well, Pastor Stephen, what's the difference? Well, the difference is, here's my cup. It has water in it. That's like being saved. You, you have Jesus in you. You have the Holy Spirit. He lives in you through the Holy Spirit. But when you are immersed in the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Spirit, the cup is now overflowing. And that's what you want. You want the overflow. And by the way, when you get filled all the way up in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, this language, uh, I wouldn't even call it a language. It's, we could call it the spirit language or the prayer language, but it's more of an utterance. It's going to want to come out. Well, Pastor Stephen, if, it, if God wants it to come out, he'll just grab my throat, start moving it and making my tongue work. No, it doesn't work like that either. Let's go back to the basics. Everything on the table is there that you need. Woo! Praise God. It was all paid for you uh, to enjoy by Christ's purchase of His own blood there at Calvary. So that entitles you to take what you need off the table. But again, here are the basics. Everything on that table, you take it by faith. Well, if God wants me to have it, Pastor Stephen, it'll show up. Well, not, not really. I, I could have $10,000 sitting on the table. I could call you on the phone and say, I, you know what? God's touched my heart to give you this money, and it's right here on the table. And you just uh, you come over and you take it. It's yours. It's ready for you. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, if God wants me to have it, he'll give it to me. Well, I, look, I, I, I'm being generous to give it to you, but I'm not going to walk it over to you and shove it into your hands or, you know, you're going to have to come get it. Now, there'd be people running, running to my office. <laughs> uh, Pastor Stephen, I'll drive. Uh, wait, Pastor Stephen, don't give it to that person. Give it to me. I'll get an airline ticket and I'll fly. I'll, I'll be there. I'll take it. So some things we are very good at receiving, but for some reason, when it comes to operating by faith in the sense of receiving these promises through these biblical principles, sometimes we, we, uh, we allow these blockages, which are wrong ways of thinking to impede our spiritual progress. So I was talking with my two friends. I said, well, how come you haven't received the baptism in the Holy Spirit? They said, well, Pastor Stephen, in order to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we have to be overwhelmed by God. And then when we're overwhelmed by God, then it will happen. I said, oh, I said, who told you that? I said, I said, that's not in the Bible. And they got quiet just for a moment. I said, that's not in the Bible. I said, who told you that? They said, well, uh, uh, somebody told us that. And they, they said that in order for you to ever get it, God's got to overwhelm you. And when you, you'll be so overwhelmed, then you'll speak in tongues. I said, you've been misinformed. They sure got quiet on the other end of the phone. This is, by the way, this is helping somebody. They got real quiet on the phone. I said, you have been misinformed. It doesn't work like that. And they actually thought, because I pulled it out of them, they actually thought that the way that you get filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues is you have this super spiritual moment where God suddenly comes upon you with unexplainable glory, and you're so overwhelmed that suddenly just uh, tongues burst out of you. Hmm as if God forcibly grabs you and, and, and forces it to happen to you. And they said, well, uh, Pastor Stephen, that's, that's how we are explained to us that it happens. Mm. 
Okay, so let's open that up a little bit. Let me start by saying this. The only one who forces you to do something, whether you want to do it or not, but the one who forces you, irregardless of your human choice or your will, the only one that forces you to do stuff is Satan and his minions that work beneath him. Oh, demons love the force people to do things, in, even if they don't want to do it. They, they, there is a driving, there is an evil impulse that you're going to do it. Uh, we're going to force you to do it, whether you want to or not. And we're going to degrade you in the process. Um, you're talking about getting over into the realm of darkness. So God's not like that. Oh yes, now the Holy Spirit can be very strong in leading. He can be very strong in uh, endeavoring to get something over to you or, uh, or, or to work through you. But even still, you have to yield to the Holy Spirit. He's not going to force anybody to do anything. So I began to dismantle a blockage. What was the blockage? Wrong thinking. So that I could help them get what's sitting there on the table for them. And I'm trying to help some of you get something that's on that table that you really want, but you just, you just think, well, one day it'll show up. No, it won't. It doesn't work like that. You're going to have to take it by faith. Mm-hmm. Or, or it'll never show up if you don't. You'll live your whole life and you'll, you'll die, you'll go to heaven, and then you'll be all happy when you get to heaven, but then you'll also realize, you know what, I could have had that while I was on the planet, living on that planet all those years. Whew, that sure would have been nice. Also, uh, having received it would have boosted your faith, and it would have been a blessing. Mm-mm. So no, uh, God is not going to uh, suddenly come over you in a strange, mysterious way, grab your throat, start vibrating your vocal cords, take a hold of your tongue, and then force you suddenly to somehow just start speaking in tongues. That doesn't work like that. Never has, never will. And so they were kind of like, well, Pastor Stephen, how, how, how does it work? Well, it works just like it says in the Bible. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All you have to do if you're saved and born again, and you want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, is say, Jesus, this is biblical, this is in your word, I'm asking that you fill me right now to overflowing with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, fill me now, and receive it by faith, receive it by faith. Well, Pastor Stephen, what do I do next? Well, now that you believe that you have been filled, you open your mouth, and you begin to speak out the utterance that the Holy Spirit will give you. So let me explain it like this. If you are willing to open your mouth, God's not going to do it for you. But if you're willing to open your mouth and use your tongue to speak, the Holy Spirit's not going to hijack your tongue. But if you're willing to open your mouth and use your tongue and speak, I'll guarantee you, He that's his responsibility. He, the Holy Spirit, will give you the utterance. That's all you have to do. By faith, open your mouth and speak, and it'll start coming up. When I first got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I opened, after the pastor had prayed for me to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I opened my mouth and began to speak by faith, and there was the utterance. And this, this utterance began to come out of me that I've never spoken before. It started like, da, 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 la, la, da, da, la, sa, ba, sa. And then it kind of started to flow a little bit, sa, da, ba, ba, sa, da, da, da. Then it started flowing more, she, get, ba, 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 sa, na, ba, ba, da, da, da. And so tongues, what we know now is tongues, basically, began to flow out of me. Woo, praise the Lord. And I've been speaking in tongues ever since. Praise the Lord. By the way, there's two gifts of tongues. There's the tongue for your personal edification, your personal life. You can speak in tongues in that tongue anytime you want to. doesn't require an interpretation. There is another tongue that more technically would be called the gift of tongues, which is given to a Christian. Not everybody has that particular uh, uh, gift of the Holy Spirit, but that is a gift of tongues when you are in a public assembly, uh, an assembly of believers or a church services, we would say. 
and you get a tongue. And if you stand up and give that tongue, of course, with the pastor's permission or the, the person who's hosting the, the meeting, you would want their permission, but you would stand up and they give you permission. You speak that tongue forth, which is for the public assembly, that tongue, that gift of tongues requires an interpretation. And either you could have the gift of interpretation, which usually often does go along with it, or there needs to be somebody in that assembly, in that service who has that gift. That way, there, the, the tongue is interpreted and it blesses everybody. But the gift of tongues, which comes by being filled with the Holy Spirit for your own prayer life and your own spiritual edification, that's for every single believer. Whoo, praise God. Mm-mm. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As the Spirit gave them utterance. So if you'll do the speaking, He'll give the utterance. So you have to be willing to do the speaking. Well, now, hold on a minute, Pastor Stephen. That's you doing the talking. You're you're the one doing that. Uh, Yes, absolutely. Yes, I'm the one reaching to the table and taking what rightfully belongs to me. That, yep, that's me. I admit it. I reached my hand out and I took off the table what I needed, what, what what Jesus said rightfully belongs to me. I mean, what do you think? You think God's going to do everything? You want God to comb your hair? You want God to put your socks on? You want God to tie your shoelaces? <laughs> Are you, all He's asking you to do is to do what you're responsible for doing. Open your mouth, speak it out, and it, He'll give the utterance. Mm-mm. And I found out He did. And I've had the privilege of leading many, many. And, and I'm not uh, exaggerating on that. A, a lot of people from all over America and all over the world into the baptism in the Holy Spirit. How'd you do it, Pastor Stephen? By helping them take what rightfully belongs to them that's there on the table. Woo, glory to God. And I just lead them into that. They take it. Next thing you know, they're praying in the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. So we have to remove maybe what we would call spiritual air castles. These wrong ways of thinking in our mind where we think this is how it works when it doesn't work like that at all. Mm-mm. Now, will you have those moments in your spiritual journey with God where you feel heavy glory, heavy presence? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Where you have those moments, uh, maybe we could call them firework moments where, you know, it's just like, woo! Yeah, yeah, you'll have all of that. But even, even still remember, even when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, and you are in the glory, or you are filled with the Spirit, and you are operating in the gifts of the Spirit, it's not like you get to throw your faith out. Like, here's my faith. I don't need it now. I'm in the Spirit. You throw your faith away. No, you, you'll always have to use your faith because when I'm operating in the gifts of the Spirit, I have to stay in faith. And, and there are many things that the enemy tries to do to pull me out of the Spirit or pull me out of faith with bizarre distractions and stuff like that. I remember one time I was praying. This was a more, uh, more notable example. I was praying in the, uh, uh, for, for the sick uh, in one of the, one particular meeting in India, and there was a man that was in the healing line, and he stood before me, and he had no eyes, no uh, no eyes in the socket at all. The only thing he had were two little uh, it looked like little bitty LED lights, and they were both red. Two little LED lights that had been stuck in there. I have no clue in the world why, because he certainly can't see out of them. He's he's blind, but somebody or a doctor or somebody had stuck two little uh, LED lights in each one. And the enemy was trying to get me to look at this because it was, it, it was bizarre. And the enemy was trying to pull me out of the spirit, get me into, but I, but, but the Holy Spirit helped me and said, do not look at his eyes. So I just prayed for him and they moved him on down the line because there were some major healing miracles that the Lord was doing he was really healing some major, major things. So I had to stay in the Spirit. Oh, Pastor Stephen, you're under the anointing, though. It's all, it just all happens then. Not if you get out of faith, it doesn't. You have to stay in faith. Praise God. Right in the middle of a miracle, even if you're walking on the water like Peter did, you better stay in faith. Oh, no, Pastor Stephen, when you're in the Spirit and you're operating in the miracles, you, you, you could just go with it. Not if you get out of faith, you can't. You'll fall and you'll sink just like Peter did. So I'm just trying to remove uh, these air castles that people have like, well, if God wants me to have it, it'll just happen. Oh, really? How? Oh, I'll just be overwhelmed and overcome, and then poof, there it is. No, it's not going to happen. It doesn't work like that. You're going to have to use your, your faith on purpose 
specifically to bring it in. And then they're going to have to stay in faith until it manifests. Now, some things that are on the table, you can take it right now. Um, I'll give you an example. If you're a sinner and you don't know Christ, He has made salvation available for all. You don't have to wait. You don't have to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. You do not have to crawl on your belly and on your knuckles to Jerusalem to somehow prove to God that now you're ready. No, if, if, if right now in your heart you want Christ, and you want to go to heaven, and you want your sins washed away, and you want to turn from darkness, and you, you want to turn to God, you can have eternal life through Christ right now, right now. Well, Pastor Stephen, um, I guess if, if God wanted to save them, He'd just go ahead and do it anyhow. No, God didn't make anybody a robot. If God could, He would but if God, if God could save them all, all at once, He would. He'd save the whole planet right now, and we'd wrap it all up. And, uh, you know, now that everybody's saved, there's no need to keep it going. You know, we would step right over into the millennium, you know, the thousand-year uh, reign of Christ. We could even skip the Antichrist and the false prophet and all of that. But we're not going to be able to skip that. All of those things will eventually come on the scene. And those who receive Christ are the ones who receive Him and His eternal life. You, you have to use your faith. The grace is there, but you're saved by grace through faith. Praise the Lord. Look, there's something on the table right now that you need. You don't need to wait any longer. You need to realize you can have it. You, you can have it. Now, some things can take a little longer to pull in because you're going to be using your faith, but it's there for you. Praise the Lord. Second mm-hmm. Peter chapter three, verse nine. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Is that not one of the most beautiful things you've ever heard? God's very patient with sinners. He doesn't want any of them to perish. That means die in their sins and go to hell. But it says here that He desires that all should come to repentance. He wills that all, all should come to repentance. So the blood of Jesus is able to wash away the sin of any sinner. Well, uh, well then, Pastor Stephen, I guess God's going to save them all. Well, He's made provision, but they have to receive what's on the table. They have to, re- and if you're a sinner, it starts with salvation. Mm-mm. Can, can you imagine um, the 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 crazy way of thinking that it, that if a, a a sinner said, "Well, you know that that that's an amazing promise. That's wonderful. You know what? I tell you what. I'm open to that. Anytime God wants to save me, He can just do it." And then they just keep on living in sin, separated from God. No, they'd be lost, and then they would perish in their sins. What do they need to do? Repent, turn from their sin, and ask Christ to come into their heart. And He will. He will. Praise the Lord. But you have to respond, my friends, to what's on the table. Everything you need is there on the table. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. God does not force feed you. Well, there it is, mashed potatoes and uh, fried turkey and green beans, coleslaw, and all kinds of nice breads and stuff like that. There it is. Lord, I'm hungry. Well, the Lord says eat. Well, well, well Lord, I thought, I, I thought you just shove it in my mouth. No, no, he, we don't need him to do that. Aren't you glad that God has designed it the way that it works so that we can have honor and dignity and do some things ourselves? Praise the Lord. It's good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's good. Aren't you glad that you don't need angels to put your clothes on, but that God trusts you to have enough sense and enough dignity within your life that you can dress yourself without, you know, going around looking like you just, you know, uh, got tore up by a wild pack of wolves that chewed you you close the pieces. Aren't you glad that He allows you to put yourself together in a way that can represent Him as you are an ambassador for Christ? Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Well, God, God expects you to take off that table what you need. Mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Even, even with a tremendous anointing, you're still going to have to use faith. Pastor Stephen, I'm waiting for the glory, because when the glory shows up, it'll just be here. Well, even with the glory, it's not like, you know, we just take the Bible and throw it away, because now we don't need faith anymore, because the glory is here. Well, it takes faith to bring the glory in. It takes faith to sustain that presence of the Lord and a close walk with God, the prayer life, and all of the other things that factor into that. But just because you're in the midst of the glory or the midst of an outpouring doesn't mean that, well, well, you know, it'll just, everything that we need will just all show up now. No, you're still going to have to use your faith. Praise the Lord. You can be in the midst of the glory where the healing power of God is available, but you're going to have to receive it. Do you remember the story in the Gospels of the paralyzed man that was carried by four men on a stretcher, and they, they couldn't get in, so they went up on the roof, and they opened up the roof, and they lowered the man down. But it's fascinating, not so much that that paralyzed man was healed, which is, which is beautiful, but it's fascinating that if you read the story, it says the power of God was available to heal them all. Woo, Pastor Stephen, then they must have all gotten it. No, no, not when you read the, stri- the scriptures and you read the story. Only one got it, the man on the stretcher. Now, who was there in the house? Who was there in that meeting? Pharisees, religious leaders, Sadducees, uh, representation uh, from the temple. You had, I'm sure you had some, you had priests there. You had Levites there. You had what we would call perhaps the clergy. They were all there. Well, Pastor Stephen, when they saw that anointing and that power, they must have all jumped on that anointing. They must have all got healed. No, they didn't. Why? They didn't receive Christ. They didn't receive him, nor his anointing, nor his healing power. Although it's right there in manifestation, it is so close. All they have to do is reach out and receive it, but they wouldn't do it. Too pride, too much pride, too much pride didn't want to receive his message. They never, they never received uh, the forerunner of John the Baptist either. And they certainly uh, didn't receive Christ. They just, they just didn't go for it. They didn't take was what was right there. Now remember, the power of God was present to heal them all. Well now, Pastor Stephen, when the Lord shows up, it, it'll just happen for me. Not if you don't receive it. Even in the midst of heavy glory, watch this. Even if Christ were to stand before you in person, Oh no, Pastor Stephen. Now, if I saw Jesus, I, I would certainly, I would certainly receive. Pastor Stephen, as a matter of fact, if two thousand years ago, I'd been back there in that meeting with those Pharisees, and that they let that uh, man down on the sick bed. I, I know I'd got my healing too. Well, he may not stand before you in person in a vision or a supernatural experience, but then again, he might. But either way, one or the other. You're not going to get off from having to use your faith. Praise the Lord. Every blessing on that table. I don't care if it's a toothpick. I, you know what? I, I don't know if I want the, the pie and the cake or the, the roast beef. I think I'll just have a toothpick. Well, you're going to have to take that toothpick by faith. But I have a feeling in my heart, uh, you're not too interested in the toothpick. You'd probably like something of substance. Praise the Lord. God doesn't want you going around on a hungry stomach talking spiritually, of course. Praise the Lord. Not when the banquet table has been spread. Where? Right in the presence of your enemies. Mm, mm, mm. Praise God. Well, let's be fair. There can be those times when the glory is strong, and it is much easier to receive also, when you're in a group setting with a bunch of other believers, and there's a strong glory, yeah, it's a lot easier for that mighty presence to move you along where you just extend a little, and whoop, there it is. Praise God. That's great. I can understand that. We have examples like that in the Bible. But even still, even still in environments like that, God's not going to force you to take it. 
Now it could be very easy to receive it, but he's still never going to force anybody to receive any of his blessings, even the most important one, which is what? Salvation. You're going to have to take it by faith. And all of the other blessings are the same way, but I'm telling you, it's, it's for you. It's on the table. Thank you, Lord. Provision, financial provision, praise the Lord. Wisdom, strength, peace, anointing, it's all there for you to receive. The gifts of the Spirit, yes. Pastor Stephen, when the gifts are given in such strong measure, they just flow out of you. Oh, they'll flow out as you operate in faith. Mm-mm. Even Paul talked about that in Galatians chapter 3. The gifts of the Spirit the working of miracles, they work through faith. And if you ever get out of faith, that, that anointing, even though it can be so strong, it'll just shut down. It'll shut down. I'm trying to stir some of you to be more proactive in your faith to receive what God actually wants you to have. Mm-mm. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse, verse 8. For when I spoke, I cried out, I shouted, violence and plunder, because the word of the Lord was made to me a reproach and a derision daily. Well, it's not easy to prophesy a word that is disagreeable to the recipients, but nevertheless, God had given him that word, the anointing was there to speak it, and of course the faith is there, and he's letting it go. But, you know, he just thought, you know, I think I'm going to pull back, Lord. This is not like really a popular message. And so he endeavored to do that. Verse 9, then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. And thump, he's letting it out. Praise God. I've had times where the prophetic word would jump into me so strong that I felt like if I didn't give it, if I didn't release that word and go share that prophecy, that something on the inside of me is probably going to get burned up, or it could cause a backlash where something goes wrong with my life. And I'm, I'm, so I'm going to give this word. I feel like I'm on fire, so I'm going to give it. But even with that fire, could I have suppressed it? Oh, absolutely. Now, it would have been disobedience, and disobedience, which is sin, allows the devil to get in. So, uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with that fiery anointing and give the word. But could I have overridden that out of fear of maybe what are they going to think about the word, or fear about how is it going to be received, or, yeah, I, I could have gone that direction, but I thank God that I didn't. So, um, you're going to have to be in faith for the gifts of the Spirit, the prophesy to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, whatever it might be. I'm glad that when mistakes are made that we can admit those mistakes. Prophet Richard Sigmund, who is now in heaven, he talked about the time uh, as a prophet. Now remember, he started in ministry very, very young, and William Branham gave him some meetings. William Branham was the leading prophet of that time. And so Richard Sigmund was known as uh, a as the young preacher, he was a Pentecostal preacher. But as he got older, you know, and, and more seasoned in ministry, uh, you know, his ministry expanded further and further. One day, the Holy Spirit gave him a word for Oral Roberts. Now, Oral Roberts, you know, was at the forefront of Pentecostal ministry, and it was very famous. But the word was a word of correction. And so the prophecy that Richard Sigmund received to take and to deliver to Or Roberts was a word of correction. And you know what Richard Sigmund did? Thank God for his honesty. We can learn from these things. When he heard the Holy Spirit give him that message, that prophetic word, and he, he said to God, he said, Lord, I'm not going to go tell that. I'm not going to go tell Or Roberts that. What does that, what does that say? It says that he had more respect for Oral Roberts, a man, than he did for Almighty God. By the way, the fear of man is a snare, and it's a very, it's a very uh, dangerous thing to exalt a man in your eyes over God. Uh, if you don't get that fixed, uh, 
uh, that will come back to bite you real bad. So get your, uh, get your eyes on the Lord, always on the Lord. We, we honor and respect men and women that God works through and God flows through. And when they're under the anointing, it can be a very, very beautiful thing. Uh, there is an element of the glory on that, but you must realize uh, that we are vessels of clay that the Spirit of God is working through. So yes, give honor to whom honor is due, but our worship goes to God alone. So he said, God, he said, I'm not going to go tell that to War Roberts. And he got in his van. He got in his van and in disobedience to God, drove away. A little bit like Jonah, who got on a ship and went the opposite direction of Nineveh from where God told him to deliver the word. Well, as he's driving along in the van, Richard Sigmund had a truck, a big truck, swerve out of the lane and hit him with a hit-on impact, and it killed him instantly. He died on the spot, and his spirit and soul went to heaven. And the Lord Jesus met him in heaven and said, The reason you're here prematurely is because the prophecy that you were supposed to deliver to Oral Roberts, you did not deliver, and you were disobedient. And because you were disobedient, it gave Satan an open door to legally attack you. And, you know, uh, when, when you're a minister, a prophet, uh, you got to be careful. Uh, the enemy doesn't like those who speak on behalf accurately of the Lord. So anyhow, he's now dead on the earth, but he's in heaven, and the Lord said, it is not my will for you to be here at this time. So I'm going to send you back. And while you're here, I'm going to show you some things about heaven. And so he wrote a book on heaven, which I, I read from time to time. It's very enjoyable. I like reading true heavenly visions that people had, not, not make-believe stuff or some kind of soulish you know, imagination that somebody had. No, I'm talking about real heavenly visions. I, I love reading those types of uh, stories. Also, when you read that type of material, it builds faith in you as well to receive a heavenly encounter. Praise God. Well, after the heavenly vision was ended, the Lord sent Richard Sigmund back into his body. And by that time, his body was in a morgue, and they had the sheet over him. And uh, there was a lady that was in, the, uh, in, the, in that area where the morgue was at. I think it was at a hospital. They've already pronounced him dead, put the tag on his toe, and they pulled the sheet over. But when the Lord sent him back into his body, he heard, the first thing he realized, he, he heard uh, some people talking, and he said, I'm not dead yet. And um, that caused quite a reaction in the hospital, a crazy reaction. You'd have to read the book to kind of uh, find out the, the humor side of all of that. But my friends, you have to step out in faith. Praise the Lord. When the gifts of the Spirit begin to operate in your life, you step out with that initial leading. And as you do that, that gift will open up further and it will begin to go uh, broader with more depth and more experience. The moment I'm in a meeting, the moment I smell the first supernatural fragrance, even if it's very faint, I call it out. And as I call it out, that particular fragrance will get stronger, and then others will begin to manifest. So it all begins by that initial smell or that initial word of knowledge. You go with that. Well, I just want God to take over me, just to consume me and flow through me. Um, he will flow through you as you yield to Him, but He's not going to force you. Let me give you another example. Many uh, of you watching, you probably know Pastor Joel Osteen of the Lakewood Church there in Houston, Texas. But for those of you that have been in Pentecost a little bit longer, you would be familiar with this father, John Osteen, who was the founder of the church that Joel took over. And of course, under Joel's leadership, the church uh, grew, but it was already a mega church, uh, just not nearly as large when his father was pastoring it. But this is, this is interesting. There was a minister who was 
sitting on the platform. I'm going to come back to John Osteen in just a moment. It's all part of the same story. There was a minister that, maybe I could use the word confessed. I think it was a good confession because it helps us to understand how to take from the table what you need and to take it by faith. Well, there was a minister who was in a meeting one time with Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin was having one of these large uh, crusades there at like the Tulsa Convention Center. And so Kenneth Hagin is walking up the steps to go up on the platform. Up on the platform, there's a bunch of ministers. They're all full-time ministers, special ones that are allowed to sit there close up on the platform. Well, Brother Hagin is walking slowly up the steps to get to the platform. Now this minister, I won't say his name, this minister said that he was sitting on the platform, and as Brother Hagin was slowly walking up the steps, he said he could see that Brother Hagin was under a tremendous burden. Um, now, unless you've held a conference and you've rented a convention center and you're having to pay, you know, $80,000 a night, you may not be able to identify with that type of a burden. But he was burdened with certain things that were uh, transpiring. And as this minister was sitting on the platform, he could see that Brother Hagin was very burdened as he began to slowly come up the steps. And this minister said the Holy Spirit came all over him. Oh, well, Pastor Stephen, if the Holy Spirit came all over him, then the Holy Spirit just took control. Mm, not unless you yield to him. Mm, 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 mm. Praise God. Hang with me. I'm taking you on a journey of understanding. So this minister sitting on the platform, watching Brother Hagin come up, said the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came all over the minister sitting on the platform. He said the Holy Spirit came on him so strong with this instruction, stand up and shout hallelujah. And the minister who was a pastor thought, oh, oh God, I can't do that in front of all of these people. That would be so out of place. Oh, what would people think of me? I'd look like a crazy person. And he suppressed it. He suppressed. He overrode the leading of the Holy Spirit. See, some of you think, oh, God's going to just come over me, and then one day He'll heal me. It's not going to happen like that. You're going to have to use your faith. Oh, Pastor Stephen, one day God's just going to come all over me, and then I'll speak in tongues. No, it's not going to happen like that. You're going to have to use your faith, and you're going to have to receive, and you're going to have to yield. And you're, you're going you're gonna to have to operate in spiritual principles, just like all the rest of us do who have received these various blessings. Praise God. Praise God. So he, he has overridden the Holy Spirit. He's basically said no. That anointing pulled back. Brother Hagin's still coming up the steps, and he's getting higher up the steps. And the Holy Spirit, again, came all over that minister, a full-time Pentecostal preacher. He actually graduated from Rhema years before. And so he's, he, he knows the moving of the Spirit, but he overrides it because he's never done anything like this, this public before in a large meeting. And the Holy Spirit came over him again and said to him, stand up and shout hallelujah. And he didn't do it. He just thought, oh, Holy Spirit, I don't want to do that. I, not in front of all of these people. What would people think of me? And he overrode it. Now, the moment he overrode it for the second time, Brother Hagin now has gotten to the very top step. And suddenly, the Holy Spirit comes on John Osteen, Pastor John Osteen. And John Osteen stands up and shouts, Hallelujah! real loud like that, and everybody in the whole place heard it. And when he did that, the Spirit fell on every single person in that place. The power of God was released. The burden came off of Brother Hagin. Every need, uh, every expense was met. And the liberty and the joy of the Lord were released, and God's purpose was accomplished. Pastor Stephen, I'm waiting for God to come on me like that and, and override me. He won't override anybody. I, I, Pastor Tim, I'm, I'm waiting for God to override these sinners and save them. He, he won't do it unless they want to receive Him. Now, there can be strong manifestations. Oh, yes, the Holy Spirit can be very strong, such as the pastor who said, yes, He, he came on me and said, stand up and do it. But 
you can you can refuse to take from the table what you need. You think it's going to work some other way. It doesn't. You're going to have to take it. Stand up. Receive it. And say, it's mine in the name of Jesus. Mm-mm. One more scripture. One more scripture. I, I, I see that the table is starting to thin out right now. There, there's stuff all over the table. And you're taking. You're taking. Why? It's yours anyhow. It belongs to you. Praise God. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. See, even Jeremiah, with that tremendous prophetic gift, uh, uh, so many prophecies, and he's prophesying not just to Israel, he's prophesying to nations, so that he had an international level prophetic anointing. But even, even he said, hey, I'm shutting this down, I can't do this, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, God can work with people that are like that, and just started burning on the inside of him. So uh, you better give that word. Uh, and I, I have known ministers, not personally. I've, uh, well, I have known a couple out of disobedience that had happened to, unfortunately. But I've known others that I've heard about that have died because basically a refusal to carry out their assignment or say what God wants them to say, and they shut that down with that fire burning, uh, that's, that's extremely dangerous to do something like that. You, you're probably going to die young if you're a minister, and you do not stay in your anointing, and you do not stay in your calling. Well, God took them home. Well, there can be times uh, where there's elements of mystery, where maybe somebody could go home young, but there's other times in the ministry especially, that if you are not doing what God called you to do, uh, and you know what to do, and you're resisting that anointing, then you could, you, through your own choosing, could end your life prematurely by giving the devil access to hit you. So we want to certainly walk in the light of God's Word and be obedient. Praise the Lord. Mark chapter 11, verse 24, Therefore, this is Jesus speaking, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. There are some things on the table. You can take it by faith. You can believe that you receive, and you can have it right then, such as salvation, such as the baptism in the Holy Spirit, such as wisdom. The moment you ask God for wisdom, it'll start percolating into your spirit. It'll start drip, drip, drip into your spirit straight from the Lord Himself by the Holy Spirit. You, and you'll walk in it. So there, you can have it, praise God. There's other things, you take them by faith because it takes it time to manifest. In other words, uh, you're working with other spiritual principles, such as seed time harvest. You can't just take a seed and plant it and think 30 minutes later, where's my harvest? Where's it at? Well, you have to give it time to come up. You have to give it time to go through that uh, cycle of, you know, the seed germinating and the roots spreading out and the, you know, the little stalk coming up with the leaves on it and then the full, the full crop coming up. You have to give that time. You're working principles on that end as well. But you can still take it by faith and believe that you've received it and you can pull it in by faith and it will show up. Praise God. So that you believe that you received them. After you've prayed and you've asked, you believe that you received them and you will have them. That denotes that you have to stay in faith. You have to stay in faith because it may take a day, a week, or something along that line. But you stay with it, you will surely end up holding it in your hand if it's something that's, you know, physical that you could hold. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What do you need on the table right now? See it before you on the table, spread for you. Enemies not wanting you to be aware of it, not wanting you to know about it. But yet at the same time, God's made it available for you to sit down and enjoy, to be refreshed, to be restrengthened, so that your spiritual journey is a journey of blessing all the way through, not just at the end, all the way through. Praise God. Praise God. I want you to take it right now by faith. Find one thing on that table, at least one thing. Mm-mm. Remember, it's like a buffet. It's all there, but at least one thing. Praise God. Father, we thank you for Jesus, who truly purchased for us full salvation, not some kind of a partial salvation 
where there's all kinds of things missing. No, we thank you for full salvation, and that all that we need is in Him. He's made available uh, to us to receive. So, Father, we receive it by faith in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Say, I believe, I receive. Hallelujah. Just reach out with your hand and take it. Say, I believe, I receive. Glory to God. Pastor Stephen, what do I do if I don't have it yet? It's going to take a little while for this to manifest because principles are working here. Just every day, thank God for it. Throughout the day, thank God for it. Well, I don't see it yet. That's Yes, that's called faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. If you could see it and you had it, you, you don't even need any faith. There, there it is. That's why we use faith. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. If you're watching today's program, and you've never made Christ Lord and Savior, why don't you receive Him right now? He'll save you the moment you call out with sincerity. He'll save you and wash all your sins away. If that's you, and you want to receive Him now, pray this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I am a sinner, but you died to save sinners like me. Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Give me your new life. Wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. Save me now. Thank you, Jesus. I receive you. I take you as my Lord and Savior. In your name I pray, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Welcome to the family of God. Those of you that have just prayed that prayer, praise the Lord. Those of you that have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, but would like to receive what is fully available to you, lift your hands up. Let me pray for you right now. Lift both hands as a sign of surrender as a sign of yielding your heart to God. You're already saved. Jesus wants you to be filled with the Spirit. Lift your hands. Heavenly Father, for those that would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your child right now. Oh God, I give you praise. Lord Jesus, you are the one who immerses your people in the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, you see that hungry heart. Fill them right now, to overflowing. Fill them now with your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, in your name, amen. Say, I receive. Amen. Praise God. I want to ask you a question. Did you feel something? Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't know. Was I supposed to? It, it, it's not necessary. When you got saved, did you feel anything? Some people do. Uh, some people don't. It doesn't matter. Why? You take it by faith, not by feeling. You take it by faith based upon the Word. Same thing with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you just felt something. Maybe you didn't. That's not a, a, a factor that, that really matters in the sense of receiving. You receive by faith. Now that you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, because we just asked the Lord to fill you, and He did, you now have the ability to speak in other tongues. I'm going to count the three. And when I get the three, all I want you to do is open your mouth and speak out. The Holy Spirit will give you the utterance. So you have to do this by faith. Open your mouth and speak it out, and He'll give you the utterance, and then speak that. And then you will see the tongues come out. Are you ready? Let's go to, I'm going to count the three. So don't speak. English or whatever your native language is, don't speak that. Just speak the utterance that the Holy Spirit will give you. Are you ready? On three. One, two. You ready? Here we go. Three. Speak it out. Let's go for 20 seconds. Keep speaking it out. Speak it louder. Speed it up. Speak it with authority. Glory to God. Praise God. That's it. 
Well, Pastor Stephen, I thought I had to be overwhelmed and angels had to come down and I had to see Gabriel standing in the corner in order for this to happen. No, no. In order to grab a chicken leg off the table, do you need to see an angel? Or can we not just stick our hand out and take it by faith? Praise God. Well, that's what we did. Now, you will have times as a spirit-filled believer when you'll have the, the, the glory realm, the spectacular. But you don't always need the spectacular. Just speaking in tongues itself and taking it by faith like that is the supernatural. And that, my friends, sometimes can be very, in a sense, normal. Don't let that throw you. That's part of Christianity. You don't always need a blue angel with a with a flaming torch to show up and you know whip you up in the spirit. Ooh, ooh, I see a green angel. There's a blue one. Mm-hmm. We're in the glory. Well, you know what? You to take from the table. That's faith. That's faith. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Mantles are falling right now. Received by faith. Received by faith. What you're, what you're seeing in the Spirit come down upon your life right now. Receive. Somebody's eyes are being touched to see in the Spirit. That's a prophetic anointing. Praise God. Something's coming over somebody's shoulder. That is a, that's a mental, that's, that's a leadership anointing. Uh, Isaiah chapter 11 says the government would be upon his shoulders. So when it's on the shoulders, that's a, a anointing or a mantle for leadership. Just receive. Praise God. And somebody, uh, you're, something's going on with your tongue. I've had times before where people have told me that uh, cinnamon is touching their tongue. That's an anointing uh, for ministry. In other words, to declare the Word of God, and it would be a pure, a clean word. Maybe, maybe you could even call it a hot word. Praise God. That's a prophetic grace. Praise the Lord. Also, that goes into the apostolic. So, Father, we just thank you for these anointings, these mantles that are falling right now. Praise God. Somebody, you're, you're smelling grape juice. Uh, that's representing a fresh anointing and also the joy of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. And some of you need that joy right now. Praise God. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And if you've lost that, allow that to just come back into your heart as you receive it by faith and as you drink deeply of God's Spirit. Father, we thank you for what you've done and what you're continuing to do in our lives. Thank you for your principles. We delight in your word. We delight in the way that you created these statutes and really what would be called spiritual laws. We thank you for them, Father. In Jesus' great name we pray. Mm -mm. Amen. Praise God. Now, let's take Holy Communion together. Please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Praise the Lord glory to God. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the bread and the juice. Through this prayer, we set apart these two items, and we set them apart as holy. We consecrate them. We set them apart as being sacred. This is now the body and the blood of Christ. Father, when we look, we still see a piece of bread and grape juice, but it's the body and the blood under the veil of bread and juice. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the body of Christ. We thank you, Father. We receive by faith. We take it, and we thank you. It will manifest. The things that we can receive now, and the things that take some time, we we just work the principles of faith. Thank you, Father God. Thank you. Thank you that we are a receiving people. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. And by the way, that precious couple that called me, after our talk and after I shared with them, how it works by taking them through the Word. I prayed for them, and they received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and they spoke in other tongues. Praise God. They got it. They got it. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, thank you for the blood of your Son as we receive His blood. We thank you for forgiveness of sins. If we have committed any sins, we ask that you would forgive us. And Father, we forgive anybody who has sinned against us. We ask that you would lead us away from temptation. We ask that you would deliver us from the evil one. Thank you. Thank you, Father, that you will. You'll help us. You'll keep us safe and protected. Father, we receive the blood of Christ in your Son's name. Amen. Let's receive. 
Praise the Lord. Now let your faith be consistent. Now that you've received it, thank God for it. You go to sleep, thank God for it. You wake up in the morning, God, I thank you for it. I've got it. Hallelujah. It's fine. Woo. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. And my friends, it'll show up. And if it shows up once, which it will, you can work it twice, three times. Why? It's a spiritual law. The just shall live by faith. You you practice this and you just keep moving forward in God's plan for your life. And you will complete that plan on time. And then you will go to your reward. Praise God. Hallelujah. Stay busy. Stay busy for the Lord. Father, bless your people. We thank you. We have much to do that your people be occupied in your kingdom business. Thank you, Father. And they're going to need some things off that table to get done what they're supposed to do. Thank you, Father. Let them take it by faith and work your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time.